Did you know that the 4th of July is on a Thursday this year? That's going to be a full weekend of fun out on the deck, four days. But if your deck isn't what it used to be and you aren't using it for great family gatherings, you need to call my friends at All Weather Decks. All Weather Decks is a 24-time winner of the Angie Super Service Award. And they probably help one of your neighbors. Click on the map link at allweatherdecks.net. Call All Weather Decks today at 913-206-1974 or go to allweatherdecks.net and mention you heard it on 810. Call now and relax. This is Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. Now, Matt, the obvious conclusion of this segment, I'm going to go ahead and let you just sort of warm up the pipes and decide if you've got a Wookiee <laughs> if you got a Wookie call in you. Here's what I'm going to say leading up to that. You can follow Matt on Twitter, at Matt Derrick. You can check out his book, At Last, the Kansas City Chiefs Unforgettable 2019 Championship Season, forward by Kevin Harlan at triumphbooks.com slash Chiefs win. And his Wookiee impression sounds like this. <laughs> On Sports Radio 810, WHB. You know, after having to get through as much Chiefs news as we have throughout this last hour where we went from sort of existential dread around the universe to really, really detailed conversations about the Colorado Avalanche, the the only logical next place to go is to bring in our expert on all things Stanley Cup playoffs, all things existentially dreadful, um, all things... Uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving related. Those have been our topics so far today. Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com joins us. More like Hockey Digest. HockeyDigest.com is definitely taken, right? Uh, I'm sure that it is. I mean, I think that was like a paper magazine back in the day. Yeah, it really sounds like one. Currently, it does lead you to just sort of one of those splash pages that's like, hi, buy this domain. Um, apparently, the owner is offering it for an asking price of uh, $5,960. Well, that's a pretty good bargain. It really, that really is. Um, Rudy told me that that you were both reminiscing about uh, about hockey in general, and that you had one specific touch point that made me very excited to hear about. That I would uh, I would love to know more about your expertise surrounding. Well, we were we were talking about the Stanley Cup, and and I brought in I brought the, brought in video games to it because every year during the Stanley Cup, I fire up my you know get an interest in hockey again. The other day, I had to fire up my NHL you know on the on the PlayStation. And it is just amazing how angry I get when I when I lose. I mean, I lost an overtime game to the to the Blackhawks, and I was angry the rest of the day. And I don't get that way playing any other game, just hockey. I mean, my my pulse was up, and then we, you know we, then we started talking because NHL '95, along with Super Tech Mobile, are the two mm. greatest video games of all time. I so I'm so glad that you brought this up because seriously, in the first hour when we were talking about all this, I thought, man, I, I gotta see if there's if if there's currently a um a Nintendo Switch capable hockey game, and there's not. There is a Change.org petition to uh, bring the EA Sports NHL series to Nintendo Switch. So we're we're almost at five thousand uh, signees there. I'll be joining shortly. Uh, I would love to have that come through, but it. I don't know what it is about uh, hockey and video games that makes it so easily like transposable, but it just it all it's always felt good to play video game to play hockey video games, and I, I feel like we need to focus a, a large scale return for more of that. I mean, I think when it comes to video game sports, I, I think the truest ones are hockey and baseball. 
because I don't think mm. video game football, I don't think there's ever been one that truly has captured it. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but it's it's just not. No, it's not the same kind of, you know, I don't know. It's just, they're good. There's very good games, but it just doesn't pull you in. Whereas, you know, hey, the baseball games actually have a pretty decent pace. I mean, there's the, there's the chess match to the whole thing. But video game hockey is just as intense as the real thing. That's great. We got to get, we got to. We gotta start. They gotta hop on this change.org petition. We gotta make this happen the, for America. The Avs winning. Uh, one of the first things I thought was, I'm gonna have to get the. the I'll probably wait till the new edition because I want the edit of. The, oh, because you want newest, your teams to be I the want, default in yeah, the quick game. I want you know, my team to be the national champion, yes. or not the national champion, but the the Stanley Cup champion team. But I, I got. It's time for a new hockey game in my life. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's unequivocally true. Um, Matt, have you? Did you ever play the like franchise GM mode in Madden? Um, I I have. It's terrible, and I hate it. <laughs> um, but if we're really gonna go down a rabbit hole here, yeah, I mean, and we're talking rabbit hole. I love it. It's, um, it's I I have been a hardcore gamer. Of a product called Front Office Football. Yes. Okay. We for this is about twenty five years. We okay. So we have talked about this on this show before. We may have. And I I remember googling it and and then never actually give. I you know I close my computer and like a goldfish. I just have object permanence issues. But like with with Chrome tabs, you know, if I don't have it open in a tab, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it right now. I'm gonna Google it on my phone where I've got. Uh, let's just find out. 23 open tabs, basically, of stuff I'm supposed to go back to later. Um, they've been open. Some of these have been open for months. But I, I'm going to dig back into this. Why? Why did you? Why do you hate franchise mode in Madden? And and please do remind me again what makes front office football so good because this this is really what I am looking for. Um, what I hate about the fran- I mean everything is what I hate <laughs> about the franchise mode in Madden. Okay. Um, the AI is terrible. Fair. I mean, just makes absolutely terrible decisions. Yeah, fair. Um, the the salary cap and math management is rudimentary at best. Mm. Um, the roster development and, and everything just across the board just stinks. I mean, it's hey, it's great if the only thing that you care about, you know, building a dynasty is drafting a really good quarterback and just then having the the best overall ratings across the board. And it's pretty easy to do since the computer is so terrible at yeah. making decisions. And then, and, and you can't. I mean, it, it's it's it's. There's no aging to it. I mean, it's just it's just the development is terrible hmm. and takes forever. Hmm. Whereas you know, I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, in FOS, I mean, you know, good God. I mean, we can send hundreds of seasons and everything. So and the and the and the player progression model is fantastic. Um, the rating system is superior. The depth, as far as you know, being able to set your depth chart and build game plans and all of this stuff. And and I I never really got into the multiplayer aspect of it. Although the the guys who you know in in, in the community <laughs> um, that play the multiplayer, I mean you know I mean it, they're hardcore. So you know I mean to me it's the best football simulation out there. And uh, now granted, you have to like spreadsheets to do it. Sure. It's a spreadsheet game. There's no doubt about it. There's no graphics. There's nothing flashy or anything like this. It's you know the, the graphics are very rudimentary, but if you are just a hardcore gamer, you like your spreadsheets, you like your simulations. This is for you. And for me as a nerd, it's it's the best sports sim out there. 
I know, and I had this conversation with Sam McDowell a couple of weeks ago, and of course he brings up football manager, which is probably the one that most people are familiar with mm-hmm. from the sports sim world. I think FOF is better, but I get that you know football manager is supposed to be the gold standard. It has you know better graphics, so I'll grant that. But FOF is up there. Is is football manager uh, football though? Right? It is soccer exactly. Right. Okay. So I mean, you know, maybe there's something for me there, but um, front office the, football, I really just want I, front office football eight is the version you're playing, right? Like that's the newest version with some updates. It looks like. Yeah, FOF eight is the okay. latest. Okay. The people who make Football Manager should start like growing and branching out because they they make a good thing. Do it with uh, the other sports. Give start me a little out. front office basketball. Maybe maybe just put my life in some spreadsheets and run that for there's me. There's out of the park baseball. I mean, you know, there is out of the park. Yeah, out of the park's pretty good. I gotta I gotta. I know I said this last time, but again, I probably put it in a Chrome tab on my Chromebook, and then it crashed, and I lost my tabs, and so I completely forgot about it like a goldfish. I uh, I am excited to give front office football a, a shake. Um, Matt, if you were front office football off-season simming the Kansas City Chiefs right now, what would be the next thing you'd go take care of? Really, really gamify it for me, because I, I actually do want to know within the context of if you were GMing through a game. Well, right now, I'm opening everything to you. Also, like I'm just saying, you you are in charge here, and Clark Hunt loves your ideas. Well, I mean, the first thing I I think I would do at this point is I'm going to the free agent list, and I'm 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 sorting the list for um, defensive ends only. Uh huh. And and I'm looking through and seeing what some of the contract demands are there for for some of the veterans. I'm looking for a player with some pretty high pass rush ratings. I mean, I know. Hey, it's not going to be great. It's not. You know, I'm not going to find somebody out there with a 95. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm looking for somebody that's got you know a high pass rush rating, very a little bit of a decent floor elsewhere. I'm not looking for somebody who is you know 87 in the pass rush and against the you know run defense of a 12. And I don't need a super high endurance. I mean, you know, hey, got at least 40 endurance. That's okay by me. Um, no, but I'm looking for somebody who can get up the quarterback a little bit. Who would you say is a current NFL player with a 40% endurance, would you say? The 40 endurance? Hmm. Uh, Mike Pinnell. Okay. Yeah, he's been doing it for a while. He's a big guy. He might get you a few good snaps, but you probably don't want him out there on first, second, and third down all in a row. You put him him out there for 60 snaps a game. He's going to get a little tired. His performance will degrade a little bit after that. Also, I will, uh, just a quick little PSA here, and I'm just I'm trusting you on on the dollar number here. You can tell me if this works, but um, right now it does appear that as a part of the Steam Summer Sale, Front Office Football Eight is 25 percent off on Steam, and the offer ends July 7th. So I could get that it is, for it's a pretty good deal. 22.49. That's a really good deal. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna add this I'm gonna add this to my cart. I'm gonna ask you a Chiefs question here in a second, um, and if you want to have a really long answer so I can make sure that I am logged in on Steam on my yeah, phone. Yeah, I just added that to my uh, wish list. Yeah, um, I just need... Uh, so, Orlando Brown, Matt, let me, so, hey Siri, open Steam app. I mean, if we need to go through our, our, our Steam, you know, wish list right now, we, you know... I it so this is this has happened on a, a couple of occasions where I am like I completely forget that you do have a, a video game loves in your life that I just I just assume that honestly and I'm now I'm 
permeating a harmful stereotype, I assume that everybody who plays video games is a child like Rudy and I. Like, and that, I, I say it disparagingly as a member of that group, right? We are children. Yeah, like I grew up playing Neopets, and honestly, I kind of wish I was still playing Neopets. (laughs) I really do. If I could just keep playing Neopets, I think I'd be pretty happy. But um, is there another another video game of literally any form or fashion that you you would like give the Matt Derrick seal of, of, of recommendation to? Well, I think we've we've probably discussed this as well before too. I am a hardcore civilization. Fan. Yes, yes. You that's, love a you love a sim management game. It seems I am uh, the sim sim management are definitely my jam. I mean that's that's what I do. Um, you know the last I say the last game that I played that was now just in, in retrospect depressing with the in, invasion of Ukraine was uh, Suzanne or whatever it's called. Um, where you're basically, you know, a, a, taking over a fictional type, eh, I don't know what you'd call it. A rep- uh, so, uh, yeah, it's maybe a Russian-type style republic and everything. And, uh-huh. and the last time I played it, you know, my, my family got murdered, so that did not end well. Yeah, no, that's not good. Uh, okay, not ideal. You know, and, and, and once again, I mean, it's not terribly, I, I, I shouldn't say it on the radio, because I'm sure that it will you know, sound very bad. Prison Architect. Has been pretty entertaining. I see this. I, I have seen this game before. So, like, if, if anybody's thinking of it, it's almost like. Oh yeah, I've also yeah, seen this it's game. Like, oh, and, and it's got, got a nine out of ten on Steam. It's also on sale for seventy five percent off. They've right got now. like a couple of like uh, they they branch off into a couple of other games that are you know the same thing, but blank architect. You know. Yeah, it yeah. it's got some sort of um, <laughs> some sort of Zook Tycoon vibes. It looks like. Um, yeah. But it's about it's of, about yes. all of the it's about all the wonderful parts of the private prison complex. That's really good, Matt. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's that's entertaining. I you know there was uh, there was I'm trying to think of anything, what else is in my Steam library that I really play a lot. Have you uh, have have you given any thought to trying to 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 cross the line from like spreadsheet sim into a little more RPG elements? Could I interest you in a Stardew Valley? Stardew Valley has been in my wish list for what four years now. Okay. And every once in a while, I keep thinking about pulling the trigger. So let me tell you two things about Stardew Valley. One is that I think I think it's still my second most played game on Switch. Maybe I got it like right at the crack of the pandemic and right at the crack of getting the Switch. And so I've got I've got a few hundred hours in it, two or three hundred hours probably. I played that game a lot. I like that game a lot. That's number one. Number two is that. I believe that however much time I have put into Stardew Valley has been quadrupled by Renee. Ah. It's the only video game she's ever liked, and she loves it. And you might think, well, just wait until she discovers other video games. And I would say, that's what I thought, but I was an idiot. Wait until Chocolate Frontier, or Chocolatier. Haunted Chocolatier. Haunted Chocolatier comes out. Absolutely. uh, She'll be in for that one. But... Uh, Stardew Valley is wonderful. It's definitely it's definitely leaving some of the the spreadsheet you know sim stuff, but it's got a lot of your sort of resource management itch. Um, it's also on mobile, and Renee started playing it on mobile and and really enjoyed it. So I don't know what the um, I don't know what your mobile gaming life is like, but uh, there's there's a there's a, a dual recommendation from from me and Renee both on on Stardew. 
Well, I see it as 40% off. I mean, so at $8.99, I may have to pull that trigger finally. It's, it is an unbelievable deal. for if you, if you play any of that game, it'll it'll get you there. That, That's great. Definitely, it gets bonus, bonus points for being available on both uh, Windows and Mac. So that means I can play it on my laptop, too. You've got that. There was a huge free update that came out recently. It's, it's really all done by one developer Another who has just lovingly cared for that game over years now. It's honestly a, a tremendous Another story. Another one is coming soon because he tweeted out, somebody asked him a question, he tweeted out 1.6 is coming. And then also that Haunted Charcuterie will is... It, same it, universe. It exists essentially in the same universe yeah. as Stardew Valley. But it's not like a one-to-one sequel. There's, no, no, there, no, no, that, yes. can't, that game's going to rule. Um, but yeah, there you go. There's I, We've now recommended you know, your your front office uh, uh, football, a little Stardew Valley. I feel like we've covered a pretty wide spectrum here. Um, so certainly everybody who tuned in to, tell, to hear if you're going to tell us if Orlando Brown's going to sign a contract or not has to be thrilled. By the way, I just want to give a quick shout uh, to Crossy, a first-time uh, chatter on uh, on the Twitch. It says Stardew Valley's perfect to play on and off. It's just always a good time to just kick back and relax with. It's 100% true. It's a great game. It, it really All is right. wonderful. It has, it has now been moved ahead in my wish list, ahead of Kerbal Space Program. So I've also heard that that's excellent. That you would love. Oh boy, we're just doing a video. I love that we've just started. Hi, welcome to. You know, earlier we said there are too many podcasts. So much Chiefs news. You know, welcome the last week. Welcome to video games with it's with June twenty seventh. This is the most Chiefs news there is to talk about. No, I one hundred percent agree. No, no, no. I I think that we we have found anybody, a wheelhouse. Yeah, anybody who's upset, it's like, hey guys. Um, There's nothing. Do you play XCOM or any of those? Like, turn does a turn-based game like that get you? Um, I'm not opposed to. I absolutely not opposed to turn-based games. I'm definitely in that, but I have not gotten into XCOM. I never did. Uh, the closest I got was the Mario versus Rabbids Kingdom Battle on Switch, which is shockingly great. I I have no shame about it. It's silly, but it's it's a fun Mario XCOM version of that. Yeah, basically. Um, I've never played XCOM, but yeah, it's. I've heard it's like kind of the premiere of those strategy RPG games. Also, boy, doing this segment during the Steam Summer Sale is a tough one because I have also had everything's on sale right if, now. Every every single friend of mine who's ever played FTL, which is short for Faster Than Light, has recommended it very highly. It is currently two fifty on Steam, so. I might just have to knock that one out in the commercial break, also, because that's not very much money. Um, but that seems like that might be that might be of of interest to you. I and mean, we know I know you love an inner space aesthetic. You know that's that's got to be worth something. Clearly, it's in my ballpark. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've considered that. I mean, it's, it has not been on my wish list, but I do know people who have recommended it. I just got. I started finally. I, I love where this. I just love where this hour's gone. I'm just happy. Um, I. I started, uh, uh, oh God, Rudy, they're, they're, the sequel just, the uh, Star Wars game. Um, Knights of the Old Republic? Yes, Knights of the Old Republic, the second one just came out. I never played either of them. I just bought the, the not even a remake, it's just on Switch now. It just ported the to port, Switch. Yeah. Um, it is it is basically a and d game, which I didn't know. Like, you're fully, like, simming dice rolls and doing stat modifiers and everything that was a big upset to me um i have enjoyed it so far i played a couple hours um did you ever did you ever fall in love with the star wars game at any point uh it's funny you should ask that because i actually i uh for my nostalgia um i, I bought one of those packs a, a few years ago so i actually have more you know old school star wars games on my steam account than anything else so yeah. i've got X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, and, you know, Rebel Assault and Rebellion, and 
Starfighter, and yes, Jedi Knight, Jedi Knight 2, like the original Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I'm playing. It, it hasn't even been like remastered or anything. It's just it's just the original, and I it it so far the gameplay has been very very fun. Uh, so maybe maybe that also. I just we gotta get. Um, just let me know whenever you've got a video game update. You know if you've if you've got a, a, a shot clock review of uh, of any video game ever. I will forever make time for you to share that with us because I think that this is a, a new, very deep well of of what this segment can be. Well, and uh, and uh, I think it, it was a, it was either, I mean it may, it may have been last fall at training camp we were having another conversation related kind of to this, and I mentioned that you know in my um, uh, my MLB the show seventeen I still have a career going. Yeah. As a, yes. As a, as a pitcher, yes, I'm like 45 freaking years old. Oh, you're Jamie Moyer, that is so, yeah. that is so good. I, I know. I, yeah, I, ju- I just want another Cy Young, so I wasn't, yeah. gonna reti- I wasn't gonna retire. I'm not gonna retire until you know I'm no longer at my best. So. You you want a Cy Young in your 40s? Oh yeah. No, oh, that's so good. Yeah. It was Jamie. How I may, old was Jamie? Moore? I may, I may have to double check my 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 difficulty setting. I thought it was pretty high, <laughs> yeah. but you know what? It's it's. I thought it was pretty high on uh, because I, I I typically don't buy a lot of updates because you know eh, the updates are always ripoffs, especially Madden. I mean, yes. if you have given Madden fifteen, I mean, right now it's the same freaking game. Yep. Uh, so I have I have and I'm cheap, so there's that factor. So I have ML, I have MLB the Show seventeen, I have FIFA sixteen, and I thought that I was doing really well at FIFA, and then I found out my my difficulty setting was way too low, and that was the reason why I was much better than I actually should have been. Yeah. And uh, then I got a rude awakening. But well, look, I mean, yeah. if you're having fun on a lower difficulty setting, you know, I, that's I, all that I, matters. But, but giving up that giving up that overtime goal to the Blackhawks for the pro setting yes! in the NHL was <laughs> devastating. <laughs> that's the beauty of a, that's the beauty of a good video game. If it if it makes you mad for a couple days afterwards, it's it's stuck with you. That's the appropriate setting, exactly. Um, would would you guys both uh, like to guess how old Jamie Moyer was in his last game? Baseball Reference has it to the day. Forty. So, Nine years, two hundred and fifty days. Okay, same format, Matt. What is your answer? I'm going to go forty-seven years, one hundred and forty-nine days. What was yours again, Rudy? Forty-nine years, two hundred and fifty days. I can give you forty-nine years, one hundred and ninety-one days, and not ah. a week better. Not a Price is Right rules. Matt wins. Wow. Closest to the pin rules. Rudy wins. I did not clearly establish that. I knew he was approaching 50 but didn't get quite to 50 uh five innings pitch two hits two strikeouts one walk seven earned runs in the l but pitch near 50 that's unbelievable still, still wasn't as old as satchel oh that's a good point man i baseball <laughs> baseball is different from now from when jamie moyer was last pitching 10 years ago but baseball has is just a Baseball is, evolves funny. We talked about this when Shohei Otani was, you know, in town or whatever. He went. He he had his night behind the or night night, you know, at the plate, and then the next night pitched eight innings. Nobody pitches eight innings anymore, and that guy's a position player, sort of. Like he he makes me want to care about baseball more than I do again. Yeah, that 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 dude is just. I mean, it, 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 he could play for the freaking Yankees, and I'd root for him just because what he's doing is so freaking awesome. Yeah. And I just, I mean, there have been other guys that probably could have done it, and play, teams should have let them do it. But, I mean, that's, that was freaking Babe Ruth, man. Yes. 
Yes, he's he's Babe Ruth. If if Babe Ruth in the modern era was properly adjusted to be as good in the modern era as he was at that time, like that is a that eventually Babe Ruth stopped pitching, so he could just focus on just hitting dingers, and he hit a lot of them. The only thing that was would be that, that is the difference. And the thing that still freaking amazes me about freaking Babe Ruth, and I just see freaking so many times. You're so excited about Babe freaking Ruth. Well, I am because the dude was hitting 50 home runs, and if somebody were going to be the equivalent of doing that today, they'd be hitting like 140. <laughs> because he was hitting 50 home runs, and second was like some guy with 18. <laughs> and and he was doing all of that when the baseball was a bunch of wadded-up tube socks. Eating exactly. hot dogs. <laughs> and, and, and the guy who hit 18 home runs, six of them were probably inside the park job. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And, uh, you know, the guy played in Forbes Field, you know, where the center field was 550 yards away. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great point. I, 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 this reminds me, I once played uh, in a, a, a boys club baseball league as a kid with the Kiwanis League down in Springfield, Missouri. We had a field that didn't have a fence. It didn't have, a, it didn't have an outfield fence. Love those fields. So, you know, it was impossible to hit a, hit one out of the park because there was literally no fence. Yeah, what's the what's the rule set up there? Is it just like backyard baseball rules of just like there's a there's a course in the backyard baseball video game that I think was like that or just had some incredible monster. So you just you just were chasing it for as long as it would roll? Like that's Yeah, I mean I mean there wasn't even like a road or anything like that. It was just <laughs> it was just I mean the road and the fence to the I mean the act there was a fence technically to the park. Right. But, but it was a mile know, away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean this would have this would have been like if Kaufman didn't have any fields and the fence at Kaufman was out by I seventy. Yeah, I mean you could yeah. you could hit a home run at that park, but you were going to need to hit it four thousand feet. Yeah, I mean you you could hit a home what you hit a home run was just you managed to get over everybody's heads and there was nothing to stop it, you know. So it rolled for a little bit, but then again, you know, we were all like ten years old, so how far could we hit the freaking ball? Do you have some of the same freaking love for freaking Barry Bonds at all, or has that been freaking ruined by the steroids and stuff for you? Um, that was ruined by the steroids and the body armor. <laughs> I mean, I went. I went to. I, I went to the plate. I had it. I had on a wristband. That's all I had. So I had a. I had a cloth wristband, a cotton wristband, to, you know, and, for sweat. And Babe Ruth was, was out I there had. in a wool uniform. You know, I mean. Yeah. So I get it. I just, uh, it is. I, I wanted to get the, the exact number was just because it stuck with me one time and. I just went back, and it is still amazing, that in 2004, do you want to play the game again where you guess how many times he was intentionally walked in 2004? Intentionally walked in 2004? He, well, he walked, walked like, what, 204 times that year? Um, let me find the uh, 232. <laughs> I undershot it. <laughs> he, walked, he walked 232 times in 2004. Oh, my God. But, but... but you know, you're oh. pitching around Babe Ruth. You're you're picking around the outside of the zone. If you let him on, you let him on one and a half times per game. How many times did they not even try to pitch to him? For Bonds in 2004, I will say 108. Rudy, I'm gonna go with 89. 120 oh times. My he got what he only played in a hundred and let's uh, 147 of their games. He got intentionally walked nearly every game. I would have intentionally walked him every single time to the plate <laughs> because right. he was 
he was roided up and and had you know I mean he was better equipped than we're sending our soldiers into war. <laughs> yes, he was. The Hulk was batting, and your your only hope was that Bruce Banner would be the run, one running the and, bases. And honestly, I probably wouldn't even intentionally walk him. I'd just tell him my pitcher just. Aim for the fat and drilling and put him on. Just throw just, one pitch. Save three pitches, man. Hit him and see if he notices. Because yeah. right now, his nerve it's endings are fried. Hurt. I mean, the, o- the only way it might hurt is if he hit him in the big, fat butt of his. <laughs> Which I assume was as big as it was because that's where he got the steroid shot. And that's how that works. Yeah, that is that is absolutely how that works, I think. You just you put the steroids in your butt, and then all of a sudden, you're just walking around with an absolute dumper. Clemens had one too, but then again, he had one even when he was like, you know, twenty-two. So that's the rocket, man. You can't be the rocket without having a base to launch off of. We have we have officially killed off this chief segment, haven't we? That dude had Cape Canaveral in his underpants. This is what it's like on June twenty-seventh on Chief Speed, by the way. In the yeah. back of his underpants, to be clear. I don't know about his front rocket. It was his nickname, though. You're even worse than I am. <laughs> Hearing you give up on this segment gave me confidence. <laughs> That's what happened there. It's like, well, Matt does it. Matt is Matt has no interest in talking about any of the nothing that we have right now, anyway. And so we can just really sink into this. And I had a nice time. You got me. I started on Babe Ruth, and that was a hot topic. Babe Ruth and video games is. I would rather talk about that um, than than. I love talk. I really do love talking about Chiefs football. I think it's. I think it's really fun. But it is June twenty seventh, and. and- and so you say Babe Ruth in video games, and it makes me—it gets me sad because when I think of the Babe Ruth of video games, mm. that was that was Bo Jackson. Oh, I all because you Tecmo had Bo. Yes. Do you want to talk about Bo Jackson now? Also, I saw your tweet about him whenever that was a, a few days ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just waxed poetic about Bo Jackson. This segment rules. Well, I, I remember because I had—I looked it up, and you know, I even did the stats because you know somebody had put out there, you know, what his career stats were, and everything, and I pointed out that his, his stats were actually better after he got the artificial hip. <laughs> it's so good. He his batting average went up by 2 points, his OBP went up by 3 points. Um I don't have the OPS uh slugging splits. But yes, his his stats improved. Well, I mean, I because <laughs> he was he was happened. he was always going to be a strikeout machine, but once he got kind of past that 88 season when he just, you know, swung at everything and, you know, and then he learned to be somewhat more discerning or at least just hit the pitches that he was swinging at, even if they weren't strikes, then, you know, this, he, he, he got better. And then, you know, he was kind of that same guy. He was just slower after the, the hip. What is, what is your memory? What like what is your real time memory of his uh, of him? Because I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of how old you would have been around any of that. But like. That I, I remember I was I would have been fourteen years old when he signed with the Royals. Okay. Because I think that that was in eighty six, right? Um he was an all star in eighty nine. Yeah, that I mean that seems about right, I'll you know for sure. I think he I think he signed in eighty six, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but I thought it was eighty six. It could have been eighty five, but I thought it was eighty six. But I remember I was at work with my mom when the news broke that he was signing with the Royals, and I just was in complete disbelief. I mean, there was just no way that Bo, of all people, was signing with the Royals because he was going to play. He was number one draft pick in the foot in football. He was going to go play football, 
And in fact, it was fun with the Royals. And, I mean, and I, you know, I, I knew what kind of a baseball player he was because I was a hardcore nerd. <laughs> and and I, I, I saved up my money. I bought the the Fleer um, rookie card set awesome. that had the first Bo Jackson rookie card because, you know, that was important to me. So I had the entire, you know, like 128 card update set um, with, with his rookie card. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you go, you watch batting practice with Bo, and it was just like what you know, Buck O'Neill, you know, said. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you could just hear it. You know, and I know Bo, you know, Buck said it was just the last time you heard that was like was Josh Gibson. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, you saw you you got the batting practice for a Royals game with Bo because you know he was just going to be hitting these things out in the parking lot, and it was just these rockets. And then he would just and I was watching that game against Seattle because it was on the West Coast, so it was like, I don't know, 11 o'clock. I was in the basement watching that game when he threw out Harold, Harold uh, Reynolds at the plate. And, I mean, I just went nuts because that was crazy. I remember you know, when he, you know, because he did it a lot, but I think the first time he ran up the wall was against Baltimore. Mm. And it was it did, like, like, did he really just run up the wall for crying out loud? It's, it's a... It's unbelievable, and something that I had not really thought of until just now, I had his baseball reference and football reference pages both up side by side, because it's just a fun thing to be able to do. And I I would have gotten wrong one-time All-Star, one-time Pro Bowler. And I know there are obviously there's a lot of stuff that that I think is probably interesting there. You probably have several immediate thoughts, just like even that idea. But what is interesting to me is that like even without a bunch of the like on paper accolades that you would expect from an athlete who is so universally remembered and beloved the way that he is he just he just old school kind of caught everybody's imagination and like disbelief like he he did that differently i think right in terms of being something that everybody had to know about and talk about because it was totally unique just in in a in a unique way i guess I mean, he he was bo- both helped and hurt by the fact that we didn't watch him grow old, mm. you know, on the field in front of us. I mean, had he had he grown old, then you know, there probably wouldn't be the nostalgia that the folks like I have that saw him play and everything like that had. Right? Because you know, we were kind of robbed of seeing you know so much more of him and everything. And eventually, you know, hey, the next generation would have said, oh, he's a good player," but you know, by the end, he didn't have any legs left. And you know, I mean, there, maybe there, so maybe there would have been you know, but so much of the what if. But at the same time, every time you saw Bo Jackson play, whether it was football or baseball, you knew you were going to see something that nobody else in the league could do at that time. I mean, and it was especially true in baseball. I mean, he was as good as he was at football. I mean, in baseball, he was going to do something that you just that nobody else in the league could do. Yeah. And who's that true about? I mean, it's true about Jordan. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, as good as LeBron is, I don't know if it's true about LeBron. I mean, LeBron's just kind of a robot. It's it's true about Otani now. That that's, that's my full it's circle thing. Otani. Is is I we mean, are we are fascinated by him on a team that stinks and plays when it's late, but he's different. It was true about Tiger. I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, you know, the number of people that this is true about is like on one hand. And yeah, I mean, it was just it was just absolutely ridiculous the things that he could do. And uh, once again, I mean, the things that I had I was watching. I was watching that game against the Yankees and in what 1990 I think it was and he homered his first three times up and then you know they tried and I think he actually made the catch in center field he he laid out trying to make a diving play I think he made the catch 
uh, but tore up his shoulder. Mm. He's out for like three months. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, he just doesn't get the 1990, you know, all-star nod. Right. Um, then his first at bat coming off the DL, home run. I mean, and, and, and I mean, it was after he hit those first three home runs against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. It's like, oh, my, this dude is hitting four home runs in Yankee Stadium. And then he jacks up the shoulder. It was, it, that is just like, I mean, it's, that's the life of Bo. I mean, it was just, oh, my God, if this guy could have stayed healthy. Yeah. But also, like you said, there, there is also an advantage to that on some level that I think is, is interesting for how he's remembered. Um, you could have given me 10,000 guesses about how we were going to fill 35 minutes of radio with you tonight, Matt, and I would have gotten virtually none of it, um, even partially correct. Uh, but I just looked over and did realize that we needed to like take a break and continue on with the rest of the show and everything. But So thanks for being here to talk about video games and baseball aliens. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun. We should do it again sometime. We should. Um, just... No, just let's delay training camp forever. <laughs> we'll just people might appreciate it if we did it off the air, but you never know. Well, we can we can still do that, but sometimes you got to give the good stuff to the people, and I think we can agree this segment was the good stuff. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Take care, guys. For more great work like that about well, none of that topics, uh, you can go to ChiefsDigest.com and uh, also follow him on Twitter at Matt Derrick. Well, he will occasionally tweet about Bo Jackson. Um, usually tweets about the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'd like to hope that anybody listening to this. Show would be okay with a mix of the two. This is Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. If you're new to the show, ask someone who's not new to the show, hey, does Josh understand the value of value in the NFL and the value of rookie contracts and all that? And I promise you, anyone who's ever listening to the show will scream in your face, yes, God, yes, he never shuts up about it. It's so boring and dumb, and I hate it. Also, we're on rookie contracts. Yes, correct. So we know we know that value intimately. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thanks again to Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com for joining us. I've got uh, a couple of Stardew Valley-based things I'm going to mention now because Rudy and I were talking about during the break, and I thought, hey, I could just share this with the entire audience. As I mentioned, not a bit at all whatsoever. Uh, Fiance Renee has played significantly more Stardew Valley than I have. It's the only game I've ever seen her play like this. Um, she's all about it. To the point that right now, she's on. she might be on her... Somewhere between her fifth and tenth farm, I would I would guess, to the point that now she's like, she's like, all, like actively speed running it to try to get you know all of the achievements as quickly as possible. She's done some with a bunch of mods, all of that. If you are about to play Stardew Valley, if you're about to pick it up right now, you think you know what this this endorsement for me is thing putting me over the edge. Here's what I would like to offer to you. Do not start by playing it like Renee. Because the, wor- the worst thing I think you can do in Stardew Valley is start it with the goal in mind of like min-maxing everything, getting every plant planted, getting every, every piece of gold possible at the absolute peak of their... You, you, you don't want to waste your crops. You don't want to waste your seeds by, getting, by planting out of season. You don't want to make any big mistakes. You know, that, I, that you want to... Make sure you don't, make sure your plants are going to be harvested before the season changes. That's important, you know. Check, keep, do a little bit of math on that. But beyond that, just play the game at a pace that feels good to to, to play through. There's no there's no end. You can theoretically play the game forever. I think 
just it's it's there to be enjoyed and experienced. You don't have to rush through it. If you if you enjoy the game on several levels to the point that you decide that trying to create God's perfect farm is your goal, then you can join Renee in that in that path. But don't start by doing it that way because that's not gonna that's not gonna get you there. Um, hey, you know what? Actually, let's let's play this Draymond clip here. Uh, because I, I want to talk about it a little bit um, with Aaron Ladd of KSHB 41. He'll, he'll join us here in about 15 minutes, so I, I ought to bring you the audio. And this is sort of evolved and devolved beyond this. Draymond has said some stuff to Kendrick Perkins. Um, some of it not great words. Kendrick Perkins responds with a bunch of, like, not safe for radio words, but not necessarily quite the loaded words that Draymond had chosen on a couple of occasions. There's all of that. This doesn't have any of the naughty words. This is just a clip that is a different angle on it. So that's one thing. Another element of all of this is Skip Bayless is still out here tweeting about Russell Westbrook. He does the nickname that Russell Westbrook has, like, talked about on multiple occasions. He's like, I don't appreciate, you know, you making a joke out of my family name. And on some level, I think that's a pretty reasonable thing for a human being to you know, not enjoy. You could also say it comes to the territory, whatever. That's all right. I don't. I don't love that um, having somebody else constantly be a bleep to you is ever really just sort of comes along with the job, other than like being Roger Goodell when it is explicitly the job. But you know, I I, I can see both sides of that. I don't think it costs Skip Bayless anything to not be a bleep to Russell Westbrook. And and if you're a you know, super uber famous, super uber wealthy athlete. Money doesn't always matter, but it kind of matters. We all know that it kind of matters. You'd like to be able to just not care what Skip Bayless thinks. But Skip tweets something out like that. Westbrook says, don't say anything on here you wouldn't say to my face. And then Skip does the thing that is when you know somebody has lost, which is come on my show and talk about it with me. I'll say it to your face. You got to be careful who you play that game with because the what's the what's the what's the saying of never wrestle with a mud wait with a pig in the mud because you'll both get muddy and the pig will enjoy it. That's the Skip Bayless experience here. Do you know what would be awesome for Skip Bayless? If he and Russell Westbrook sat in a st- in his podcast studio, Skip called him Westbrick to his face. And then Westbrook comes over the table and beats Skip Bayless until somebody comes and separates them. That's the worst case scenario for Russell Westbrook and the best case scenario for Skip Bayless. Because everybody would talk about that forever. We still talk about Jim Rome and Chris Everett. That's still, that, is what, that is what I know the name Chris Everett from. If you Google... Chris, I'm sorry, it was, I just did the thing. It was Jim Everett. He kept calling him Chris Everett. It's all stupid. My apologies to Jim Everett. You have a physical confrontation that lives on an infamy. Jim Rome won that. Every time an athlete engages with somebody who's just trolling, that's what the troll has been fishing for. Not every media athlete interaction is in bad faith or is built up for some sort of explosion or whatever, but Skip Bayless is pretty much all are. So anyway, that's one aspect of all this that I think is sort of interesting and maybe we can kind of grow from.
But now there's kind of this idea of talking about old media and new media. This is something that I care about deeply, have been sort of dug into deeply for my entire adult life. You know, I the first media that I produced on a regular basis was a podcast. But then I started working for the school newspaper. And now I'm here in terrestrial radio. But then we also podcast and live stream. You know, I both in the format and in the style. I think I I think I know a lot, appreciate a lot about quote unquote old media and quote unquote new media. But there's a clip here from Draymond Green. Just again, talking, you'll hear who he's talking about. He says his name at the end. But but I'm. I'll let you hear it first, un, unjudged by me. And then we'll see if you can kind of hear this. But if we're talking about old media and new media, Draymond Green, an active player who did a podcast from the post game press conference after winning the title, is doing more podcasts now. Active players getting into media is a relatively new thing that we're seeing a lot of growth from. Listen to this audio from, from Draymond Green. It's not that. That's not what wins you the NBA Finals. It is the smallest edge that wins someone the NBA Finals. And because all these dumb talking heads have never done it, they don't understand it, even the one that has done it don't act like he's done it because he's an idiot and a moron and wasn't really that good of a player. And so I'm talking about Kendrick Perkins, by the way. Here's my question for you, okay? If you heard that, but it was in Skip Bayless's voice, would you notice the difference? If you heard that in Stugatz's voice doing a bit, he's an idiot and a moron. Kendrick Perkins, by the way, you wouldn't bat an eye. And I like the idea of active players getting into the media game. I, I think there's some stuff that active players could bring, or recently retired players can bring. I, I think there's... A lot of there's so much room for creativity in the media space, just generally speaking. I'm not just saying who's hosting the podcast, but how they're structured and what they do, the ideas and the things that you wrestle with throughout them. Also, John Wall's going to sign with the Clippers once he yep. clears waivers, according to Woj. That was the face I was making while the audio was playing. It's kind of weird. I don't love it. John Wall, baby. I like John Wall, and I don't really want the Western Conference to get players who might still be good and probably on the cheap now. Buy out anyway. There is so much room for quote unquote new media to do some really unique and interesting things. But what that clip and a lot of the things that Draymond has done, what that has reminded me of is the fact that different does not mean original. Different hosting doesn't mean creating anything new in the format. Uh, Nick Wright was giving Draymond Flack on Twitter because he said that he's in episode two of his of his podcast out of season. He's already in reruns trying to dunk on Nick Wright for not owning his Andrew Wiggins take enough. I don't whatever. I don't care. This is not always super easy. Breaking the format is often quite difficult. Being creative ever is hard. I This is a huge, huge. All, whatever you've got on your mind or you can have the next sentence after I finish this one. One of my recurring biggest issues in American politics is how deeply uncreative so many of the solutions are. It's just, well, what if we do this thing that maybe we've done for a hundred years? And then somebody else goes, no, that's stupid. We'll do nothing at all. I go, okay, hi, hi. 
is there any is there anything else we could throw at this? Could we listen to creative people offering creative solutions? This can be from something as serious as the entirety of the country to something as foolish as Draymond Green's podcast or as foolish as this radio show. I don't talk down the Draymond Green because I'm doing this from radio and you're doing. No, no, no. I've, I've got none of that. We accidentally run reruns all the time. It happens all the time. Yeah, we do a lot of hours and there's a lot of reruns. I just want it to be more creative. And so I, Draymond is not the guy to right now. So he's not the guy to bring up this whole like new media thing. Charles Barkley. What is Charles Barkley? New media or old media? He's an old man in old media, but he feels fresh. Yeah. It's because he is creative and his entire deal is different. Draymond saying. They never played the game. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's an idiot and a fool. You know what I'm talking about? Kendrick Perkins, by the way. It's like, all right, man, I heard that in Twitter spaces last night. That's everywhere. Draymond Green is doing Twitter spaces as a podcast, and we're going, ooh, this is fresh and different. Not, it's not really. I hope he does something fresh and different. That's just not really it. And he, uh, and and again, like, and there there is something cool about this, but the fact that like, yo, the part of the uh the, the shtick right the the appeal is oh he did it right after they lost right like oh just because we lost doesn't mean i'm not going to record my podcast now you have to actually like still say something right but right but but yeah you're right that's different hey yes. again, doing it with the, with the backdrop of the press conference doing it in your jersey or your championship t- uh, championship t-shirt or whatever that that is that looks different it feels a little bit different but the the next evolutions are, are not going to just come from podcast at half court it's it's gonna be changing the format in some sort of meaningful way or bring access that's different you go to like the shop you know that's a, a different format of like a sort of a talk show evolved differently that is different yeah. that is changing the format that's that's lebron and his crew using their power and influence to make something more interesting i think both jj reddick and cj mccallum have done a good job with that of like of doing something a, li- a little different that's a little creative that, that's well done their analysis is great but yeah. they're still forced into a, a tv format like uh, there, there are a, a decent number of people who've never played who would give better analysis than draymond did there so there are a lot of different paths you can make to even good content not all good content is super unique and original i just wish more of it was